Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I'm your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Today, we are going to be picking up the second part of our discussion with Lale Hancock to discuss tools and resources for wellness and self-care. It promises to be a thoughtful and provocative discussion. Lale Hancock is a leadership and entrepreneurial coach, professional services consultant, personal wellness mentor, and founder and CEO of global professional services company, Bella Pamo. Lale boasts 30 years experience in operational excellence, change management, and business consulting, and has inspired and empowered thousands of individuals, including Fortune 500 executives, government agencies, nonprofit organizations, athletes, and veterans. A highly respected executive and leadership coach, Lale has a particular interest in supporting and encouraging the leadership capabilities of women in business, in the workplace, at home, and in the wider community. She is featured alongside luminaries such as Oprah Winfrey, Melinda Gates, and Ginny Rometty in the 2019 publication, America's Leading Ladies, Stories of Courage, Challenge, and Triumph. It is my honor to welcome Lale Hancock back to the show. Thank you, Tina. So we covered a lot of ground in our first segment, and we were talking about just very high-level wellness and self-care and some of the challenges that people encounter in trying to strive for a life of wellness. And we ended our conversation talking about stress. I would really love to turn our conversation now to something that I think is such a provocative topic, and that is people losing their voice, not necessarily physically, although it can result in that. It's really more metaphorical. How do people lose their voice? What are the symptoms of one losing their voice? And what is at stake for people who lose their voice and don't regain it? You know, it's interesting. I have clients who lose their voice, not even knowing they ever lost their voice. So this one's one that a lot of times has a lot of hidden ways that it's happening. Some, it really starts from childhood. People telling you, shut up, don't say this, You're, it's not appropriate to do this. Like It literally starts early from our own families and teachers and things of that sort. But most of where I see a lot of times people lose their voice is actually at work. You know, there is this hierarchy of, you know, who their boss is and what is appropriate, not appropriate to talk about that they end up miscuing to not sharing their thoughts and their ideas, thinking that others don't want to hear it, thinking that what they have to share is not valuable to be heard. And it's interesting because the more they hold back, the more they lose their voice, not just at work, but in other parts of their lives as well. So what are the symptoms of one losing their voice? I've actually heard stories from people who are in toxic work environments, toxic relationships, where 
there's this sort of metaphorical aspect of them losing their voice that actually becomes physical. Do you want to share with our listeners, you know, what the symptoms are and, you know, when you need to be really worried about regaining your voice? Sure. I have to say that every single one of us to some level are not being our authentic voice. Even if you grew up in a fantastic family, wasn't a toxic relationship or toxic work environment, many of us at some point, we said something, we shared something, and we were reprimanded for it. And so it becomes more of this little baggage that we carry around of like not wanting to do that again, not wanting to get in trouble again. And yes, there's plenty of people who are in toxic relationships. They're in physical abuse situations and don't have a voice. But it doesn't have to be from that perspective. Most organizations that I go to, you can have some very outgoing people. You can have individuals who are leaders. And yet, when it comes to certain things that they can have influence on at work, they choose not to share their voice because of the consequences. They're afraid of getting fired. They're afraid of reprimanding from their boss. They're afraid of, they're just, there's this world of fear actually that holds our voice back more than I would say it's losing it through, you know, physical abuse or anything else like that. So what do you recommend? What kind of tools do you encourage folks to use to make sure that they are as much of an advocate for themselves as they are for other people? Definitely. I think the first one is they have to be honest with themselves. You know, I think it's it, we tend to be the first critic of everything, our thoughts, our feelings, our ideas, we're the first to say that's not going to work, or we, we're not smart enough, or we don't know enough, or things of that sort. And that self-critic talk needs to go away. So the first thing I tell people is, is that even critic talk yours? And are you willing to just, for a period of time, if we're working together, I'll just say for this period of time, what if that critic voice can go away? and we no longer had to utilize them. Instead, what do you know? What ideas do you have? You know, I think of a lot of times, you know, in different organizations, you have senior leadership who's making most of the decisions. And then that information kind of comes down the organization. And then the, the job of everyone else is just make it happen. So one of the things is that I've always said, if you've got ideas to what came down the pike, to what can work, what can't work, not from just your complain mode, that's not the voice I'm asking people to have, okay? But really from idea mode. Okay, this is coming. What are your thoughts and ideas towards it? Will it work? Will it not work? Okay, that's, that's not where you stop. Then you have to come up with two or three things to how you would do it different. So if you think it's going to work, great. What are ways that you think it can effectively be implemented? Okay, you don't think it's going to work. Okay, what are three things you think would be a different way, a different approach to being able to accomplish what it is that these goals are trying to accomplish? 
just to get you out of the complain mode and out of the I don't know and out of the I fear talking and get you into creative thinking mode. So as part of that, you know, I, I, I like your thinking on that. And I think you're right that it's really important to be part of the solution and to offer solutions rather than just alerting people to the fact that there is a problem here. Sometimes these types of conversations can lead to fruitful discussions, but it really sort of depends on who all the players are. And sometimes people can end up being defensive, even when you try to be proactive and you try to offer solutions. So, Bettina, can I just add something else there? Okay. Go ahead. Do you remember our earlier topic of like stress and defense mode? Yes. If you walk into a conversation totally on defense, all you're doing is you're inviting your boss or whoever you're talking to, coworker, wife, or whoever, to go and fight back. But if you're actually coming in because you know something, every single one of us is there for a reason. There's knowledge of what we've done and experience, but it goes beyond that. You have a level of gut instinct. You have awareness that only you have. And if you go into it from this is a problem, you're just going to get them to fight back. But if you go into it with, you know, lower any walls and barriers you might have and anywhere you figured out this is the right answer, you have to let it go. It just has to be one possibility of what might be able to improve the system or make the whatever you're, you're trying to get out there, you know, more effective. You have to have no walls. And when you share it, make it the possibility of solutions. Now, You can't make it or force your boss or anybody else to take that idea and run with it. So that's okay. But you have to also be willing to share and be heard. And when you do it with no agenda, it is so received so differently by the other person. Even if they might not go this direction now, you're setting the stage for the future. I will tell you this, I was working with a not-for-profit and on and off, I worked on projects with their whole organization. Um, they had 32 locations and I worked with them for almost three years. And the last project I worked on with them was a six-month leadership program. And can I tell you, 132 years this organization had been in existence and never had the directors, the ones who actually touch the clients, the ones who are actually dealing with the government, the ones who are dealing with the programs, were they ever involved in the strategic planning? And one of the things that I told the the CEO was, I'm not even doing this leadership program unless he's part of the program, his whole executive team, and the directors, because all of them play a factor in the success or the destruction of this organization. And we ended up altering things and, and, you know, I was able to convince them to actually include the directors in the strategic planning that we were doing for the next five years. And do you know, by their involvement, by their voice being shared, their ideas being shared, everything in this organization changed. Everything. That's a great story. It was amazing to watch. Wow. Yeah. But... You have to have one person who is willing not to be the norm. 
And like I said, not from fight, not from thinking you have the right answer and that there's no other way, but from possibilities, having solutions that get people thinking differently. That's what I'm actually asking people to allow themselves to share those ideas. So what do you recommend that people do rather than biting their tongue in difficult and confronting situations? You actually offer five tips to get those words flowing. Can you share them with our audience? Sure. Well, one, the first part was what I also shared too, is truly to be honest with yourself, you know, get the critic thinking out of your head and then really stop mimicking. I think most of us are looking to see what other people are saying, what other people are doing and follow their lead. But sometimes you have to be the leader and not the follower. So really stop mimicking everyone else. And instead, what do you know here? And, you know, what would you choose? What ideas do you have that you can share with others? And when you, when you stop mimicking, you'll realize there's this authentic you. And when you're being authentic, you're not trying to mimic anybody else. People actually listen to you longer. Yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely enjoy true. enjoy your company. It is because you're not fake anymore. You're not a robot walking around. There's this you being you that just blossoms in the world. And, you know, I've got to tell you, even those moments when you're being you, even if the ideas you're saying are so ridiculous, people actually will listen. (laughs) So when you're being the robot or you're trying to do it like everyone else, it just comes across so fake. People have no patience and no time for it. And then can I share some of the others too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. And then learn to know what you know. You know, start writing down ideas that you have. I think a lot of times we have a job and we identify ourselves based on knowing that job and our expertise, especially if we've been doing it for a very long time. But what if you know so much more than that? And if you just wrote down, I always like it as a little circle, like, like write, you know, lawyer and put a circle around it. Okay, as a lawyer, what do you know? And then start doing little prompts from there, okay? And you're going to realize you know so much beyond law. You know so much about people, dynamics of people. You know about conflict resolution, but with conflict resolution, you know. So, so like, like, this becomes more of a validation of you or what you know. You'll realize you know things about maybe, you know, driving a car. Like, it has nothing to do with being a lawyer. Once you start branching this out, you'll realize you know so much more than you ever gave yourself credit. And there's so many more ideas you have to how to make the organization better, how to make your life better, how to make your job better, how to improve the communication you have with others that you have just never considered before. So I have a question, and this could probably be a whole other conversation, but where does intuition fall into this? Oh my God. Well, it falls into a lot of things because it's your knowing. It's, it's this awareness. Like you, your gut instinct knows, you know, like those moments where you're like, oh, I shouldn't go down this road. <laughs> I should not pursue this conversation with this person or, or whatever it was. And you knew exactly, exactly that. So I tell people, your knowing and your body's knowing is guiding you. So can I share a tool there that might help? 
Absolutely. Would love to hear it. One of my favorite tools, it's called light and heavy. And you can ask any question, even like if you asked, okay, if I work with this client, what will my life and the business be like in five years? Okay. Now, remember, I'm putting five years because we're going further beyond your head and you're trying to think it, rationalize it. Okay. Your body will give you information. It will give you either more lightness, like expansiveness, or you might perceive heaviness. For me, when I first started doing this tool, it was like these knots in my stomach, you know, like it really was this heaviness. And sometimes it's not that severe of a difference, but you know that something just feels heavy or something doesn't feel heavy, feels very light. And when it's light, that's more of a yes for you. That's more of like, that resonates with me. So I know a lot of times we're afraid to say no, especially at work, we're afraid not to work with a client or something like that. But your gut instinct, actually your awareness lets you know how it's going to be working with somebody. It doesn't mean you don't have to work with them, but you start to realize you know more than you realize. And if you know it's going to be difficult, what things can you put in place today that assist to make that even easier? You know, do you need to have someone who is the middle person between you and this person that you're working with who can interact with them more effectively? Like it really becomes you starting to trust you and trust your knowing and trust your awareness and allow that awareness to assist you in making better decisions. I think that's terrific advice. And I look forward to continuing our conversation on that point, but I would love to switch gears and talk about the book, America's Leading Ladies, where you were featured along with Oprah Winfrey, Melinda Gates, and many other very famous and accomplished women. Why don't you tell us more about this wonderful accomplishment and what it has meant to you and what has changed for you since this wonderful recognition? Oh my God. Can I tell you, I'm so grateful for this book because it even got me to step up and look at life so differently, you know? It's stories of courage, challenge, and, and triumph. And one thing for me and my particular um, focus on this is leadership, is about you being the leader of your life for today and for the future. And it's been such a great honor to be in this book with so many people and see how each of us has touched being a leader in such a different way. And yet all of us share tools and ways that people can incorporate different things in their lives, you know, just by using the tools. And um, I don't know what to say. I'm just truly honored to be in this book with so many amazing women. (laughs) But one of the key things that I actually talk about here is that I think when we think about leadership, most of us have misidentified what it is. You know, sometimes people think leadership is just the title you have at work. And if you don't have the title, then you're not a leader. But I have found it has nothing to do with your title. It's like, are you willing to be that leader? Are you willing to be the one who's not holding your voice back. Like we talked about earlier, like, you know, if you have ideas, if you know that there's ways that can improve even how people are communicating with their clients or 
if you have an idea about anything that improves the culture in the organization or, you know, being able to bring a little less stress into the organization, like what would it contribute by you just sharing that with others? And like I said, from a no judgment, from a no, I've already figured it out that this is the right answer, but then become that inspiration and allow people to look at things differently and incorporate things into their own lives. It sounds terrific. I can't wait to pick up this book. I And to have a conversation with you about it after I've had a chance to take a spin through it. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. I'll send you one. I'll send you a copy so you have one. <laughs> oh, thank you. Will you autograph it? <laughs> yes, of course. I'm so excited. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, can I just give one more thing? Um, oh, of course. Please nurture your bodies. Like you guys are all working so many hours and start listening. Bodies love movement. Bodies love it that you walk away from your computer, <laughs> away from that chair, take a step, even if it's go to the restroom and come back a few times. That your willingness to nurture your body will assist your creativity. It'll improve the speed of your tasks. Because when you're fighting, when your body tells you to move, you actually will spend more time trying to come up with information and to do things than if you took the five minutes, the 10 minutes for you, you will become actually more effective and have so much more ease with the work that you're trying to do. That is terrific advice that I have found to be very true for me. And I'm sure many in our audience have found truth in that as well. You have such a beautiful, enriching life and do so much to help so many people. Of of all the wonderful accomplishments you've had and the wonderful choices you've made, is there anything that you regret or that you wish you knew back then that you have learned along the way? You know, I have never had any regrets in my life because every single challenge, any problem, any whatever has always created something greater for me. You know, like I just have a different world of experience towards it. But I just wish I knew earlier on, what if we didn't have to be right or wrong? I think that's one of the biggest problems is in our attempt, well, actually we're taught we have to be right. But in moments of not being right or wrong is when you get information, you get awareness, and then you have more choices. So I think if I ever wish anything is as a child that we actually don't learn right or wrong. Instead, we learn to be that space of allowance to receive information from everyone without a fight and without a defense. And then be able to choose what's going to work for us, what's going to work for the business, what's going to work for the future. That is great. So what is next for you? You've got so many wonderful things going on. Again, you've got so much wonderful work that you're doing for others. When you look to the next six months, year, two years, five years, while there is a lot to be said for living in the moment, what do you see for yourself in the next several years? Well, you know, leadership and being an inspiration and invitation to leadership has been one of my biggest focus points. And I see that that will continue. I love 
Mother Earth and trees. And one of my new projects actually is I've partnered with um, an organization that is called Force for Futures. And it's part of an organization called Actions for Future. So they create programs to work with different people who are doing amazing things around the world. And so for me right now, it's that we really need to look to Mother Earth and not to save Mother Earth and not to fix Mother Earth, but truly what contribution are these trees around the world and how can we improve the way, you know, and taking away the deforestations that's happening and actually plant more trees. So that's been one of the things that I've been focusing on a lot and uh, looking to partner with organizations that actually want to make a difference that way too. So that's one of my new projects. <laughs> that's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we also have to have some fun in our lives, you know, and one of the things that I share with my clients is, add something in your life, even if it's like 10 minutes a day or, you know, one day a week or something that nurtures you and brings that joy for you. For me, it's racing fast cars or traveling or, you know, hanging out with trees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but find what inspires you, what brings you the joy for you and your body is what will create the other aspects of what you're trying to put in place. So we actually can't make it be just about work. And as much as I love my work and I work 24 seven, I have to also include the other aspects that nurture me and my body. That is such wonderful advice. And as we draw to a close, the second part of our conversation do you have any final thoughts for our listeners and where can they find you? Well, one, I want to thank you for this opportunity to even be here and to be able to share all of this with you and your amazing listeners. And the best way they can reach me is lalehancock.com or bellapemo.com, B-E-L-A-P-E-M-O.com. And we're on social media, but contact us page actually is the easiest way to get there. And we also have tools and resources on the website if there's anything that they would like to listen to or, or read. Lale, it has been such an honor and privilege to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to spend time with us today. Thank you, Tina. And thank you for everything that you are actually creating into the world and for being the leader that you are. Thank you for that. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. I hope that you've enjoyed our discussion with Lale Hancock. Please join us for a new episode next week. I'm your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.